stays at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. I almost jumped over the start of the intro because I was so excited to talk about the 49ers 53-man roster. There was lots of interesting decisions that came down today. And, of course, now it's finalized. The 49ers officially announced the list that they went ahead and sent into the league. And so we're going to get into all that. I'm really excited about this episode. And welcome, everyone that is joining chat already. This is going to be a fun one, and KNDR is really upset, saying betrayed by my favorite team. Of course, KNDR, a huge fan of Nate Sudfeld, and Nate Sudfeld was one of the cuts today. A little bit surprising after the Jimmy Garoppolo news yesterday, maybe not as surprising as it would have been before that, but still, they choose to keep Brock Purdy as the third quarterback on the team and go ahead and move on Um from Nate Sudfeld. So I think that is something that was interesting for sure. And we've got the list right here, and I'm going to be going through these right now. Um, the 49ers uh, came to, of course, a player with more than four accrued seasons is going to be released. Players with less than four accrued seasons are waived and can be claimed on waivers by other teams. So here's the list. We'll start with the veterans, the players that, are, of course, are not going to be claimed. These guys are outright free agents, can sign with any team as soon as the official paperwork is done. So they can sign right away. And of course, tight end Troy Fumagalli and tight end Tyler Croft. So the 49ers elect to keep Ross Dwelly and Charlie Warner, the same tight end group that they've had, and move on from Fumagalli, move on from Croft. To me, Croft was a little surprising. It was just earlier today that Matt Barrows uh, thought that his thing sounded good for Tyler Croft. And then you look at the list and he's been moved on from. So those two out of the tight end room are gone. Safety to uh, Tayshawn Gibson, who just got here. I don't think that one was a surprise. As soon as he was signed, this was my belief that he would end up getting released. Uh, cornerback Dante Johnson. I think everyone kind of expected Dante to get released. And yet we all expect him to be back uh, sometime in the next week, whether that is you know coming back onto the active roster once Jimmy Ward is put on the short-term IR or uh, going ahead and... Um, you know, being on the practice squad until he's needed. I think that made a lot of sense. Wide receivers, Marcus Johnson and Willie Sneed. Wide receiver, Malik Turner. Those three guys all moved on from all special teams guys. But like we've talked about from the beginning, you're probably going with five wide receivers, and they did. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, Ray-Ray McLeod, and rookie Danny Gray. Those were the five, and that's how they went. I expect to see a couple wide receivers signed to the practice squad and, of course, we'll get into all that as practice squads start to take form in the next couple days. Offensive lineman Jordan Mills uh, and deep and defensive line players Akeem Spence and Kamoko Ture. Also, defensive lineman Jordan Willis. Uh, so the 40 yards went ahead and moved on from not only Willis, Kamoko Ture, uh, and Akeem Spence. So Willis and Kamoko Ture together is a little surprising. I'm curious what everyone you know thinks about that. Uh, because I thought once Pomoko Ture was moved on from, then, uh, you know, potentially you thought, well, they're going to go ahead and they're going to keep uh, somebody like Jordan Willis, but Willis has moved on from as well. 
Um, 49er Gauss's Croft is coming back tomorrow. You know, and we could get some of these players that we went through the veteran list that could be back. Uh, so maybe Croft would be one. Maybe it would be, you know, somebody like Jordan Willis as well. He could come back if the 49ers feel comfortable with him. I had kind of pegged Kerry Hyder as that guy, but Hyder makes this roster and is not moved on from. And Mr. Corsi's aunt, let me be the first to give you props on Nick Sakel making the team. I clowned you and you were right, but I was right about Brock Purdy over Sudfeld. You were. Uh, you definitely were. Um, and Joel says, I just read that they're bringing back Croft and Willis. I would love for that to happen. So hopefully that does happen. I thank you so much for uh, keeping me updated in chat as well. Fortnite Faithful Survivor says, how did Trey Sermon not get cut? Uh, they weren't willing to move on um, from a third round pick. They just weren't willing to do it. And I did a, a first quarter breakdown over on Patreon and watching Trey Sermon, uh, his runs weren't bad. In fact, there was one run where he kind of blindly let or uh, followed his fullback, which was Ross Dwelly at the time, and didn't get all the yards that he should have gotten. He was sticking to those coaching points. I think they've seen that. Now they're going to kind of, I'm sure, work on him taking the next step. But the 49ers kept a lot of players, uh, you know, and and let go other guys that wasn't surpri that was, were surprising. Now the 49er players that were waived. So these are guys with less than four accrued seasons. Defensive lineman, undrafted free agent Kevin Adkins. I don't think that was surprising. Alex Barrett, who's been uh, on the 49ers practice squad for a few years now. Cornerback Kareem Castro Fields. Of course, a six-round draft pick from this draft that they moved on from. Alfredo Gutierrez, you know, from the international program. Here's a surprise I thought was a surprise. Uh, the first one of the day was running back to Michael Hasty. They decided to go ahead and move on from him. So they did believe that Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson Jr. could get the job done, which means training camp battle. We had Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, versus Jermichael Hasty ends up going in the favor of Jeff Wilson Jr. Safety Taylor Hawkins, who I fully expect to end up on the practice squad unless he's claimed. I really liked him. I know the team liked him as well, but he wasn't going to be able to make this squad with you know, the guys that were ahead of him. Cornerback Quantrez Knight, another surprise, hoping they were going to be able to keep him on the roster. They ended up going with five cornerbacks. Uh, of course, Jason Brett would eventually be able to come back. And I'm, I'm assuming that at some point, Dante Johnson ends up filling that safety slash cornerback role, or the 49ers have a thought process that they're going to go ahead and get Jaquiski Tart at some point. So there's going to be decisions still to come down. Wide receiver Tay Martin, and then you got the linebackers, Marcelino McCrary-Ball, who I'm sure it was very painful to go ahead and let go. Sagoon Alubi as well. And then offensive lineman Jason Poe. Uh, 49ers must feel they can get him to the practice squad. I'm sure that's what they're trying to do, as Mr. Corey alluded to. They did keep Nick Zakel. They kept a guy with more position versatility. They gave Poe a good look. Uh, I'm sure they're probably thinking that teams around the league would be less likely to claim Jason Poe than Nick Zakel because of size and length. Uh, then you got Justin Stuhl, who just unfortunately had a really bad training camp, never got back to form what we saw in 2020. That just wasn't there anymore after the knee injury that he suffered from last season. They move on from Stuhl. And then offensive lineman Keaton Sutherland, who also underperformed uh, all throughout training camp and during the preseason. Um, so those were the guys right there. Yeah, Mr. Corey says Jordan Mason made it. Yes. Uh, so the fact that I had the 49ers keeping six running backs was spot on. Uh, the one thing I did have Trey Sermon not making the roster, and I had Jamichael Hasty making it because I thought Hasty added something that the other guys didn't, but they weren't willing to go that way. They saw enough out of Sermon, so they did keep six running backs, and of course that affected them at other positions. Um, but they went ahead and and did what they needed to do. Jordan Mason makes this football team. 
it's it's pretty interesting uh and and on all that so yeah i mean uh gary saying sudafed had his second seat on the bus i did watch a i started to watch gary's um uh just let him go at recent episode if you haven't seen them those are entertaining i started to watch that and then a bunch of 49ers news came down so i think i watched about half gary i'll have to finish watching that later because i thought that was interesting but if you guys have questions about this 53-man roster, uh, go ahead and leave them. Let's have a nice conversation about it because I've been itching all day to talk about it, but I've been waiting for the 49ers to officially announce you know, the overall list because most names came out. I had about 20 names that had been released earlier, and then it wasn't until 2 o'clock that the 49ers officially announced you know, the rest of them. And there were players like Fumagalli and, and Jordan Croft and Jordan Willis that hadn't been listed yet and those guys we were waiting on of course the linebackers as well uh marcelino mccurry ball uh he was not listed either taylor hawkins um so we were waiting on all those names and then they came through and then it was like okay now we can go talk about this because it's very interesting uh who the 49ers ended up keeping and um overall they've built this roster the right way and and jay ellie says wait did we keep that backup center no we did not keep keaton sutherland so what the 49ers did was keep Daniel Brunskill and I believe Nick Zakel. So I think what they're going to do is Brunskill will be the instant backup if needed. So if something happens to Jake Brendel, you go ahead and you throw Daniel Brunskill in there. He understands the position. He's a veteran that has eight career starts playing center, and you're okay. And then all the while, you're grooming Nick Zakel to be your future center that you can pair with Trey Lance for years to come. This was kind of my thought process as soon as he was drafted. And uh, that's what they're going to go ahead and do. I think they thought it was going to be Alex Mack that was going to be the starting center. And then they were going to go ahead and groom a Nick Zakel to be the backup. Once Mack retired, it threw things a little up in arms. They had to go ahead and, and go with Brendel. And then Daniel Brunskill getting hurt kind of ruined that overall competition between the two. So they went ahead and, and made that move. Zakel, they thought, just had too much versatility, position versatility. Uh, to not be there and, and maybe he is a, the eventual starting center and if he is that was really really huge um so i i think that's going to be good and mr course says when we re-sign tart Tavares more should be shown the door he could be um of course right what they could do is not bring somebody back and just put jimmy on ir they could leave Tavares more there uh and sign jacquesky tart and then the decision on uh Tavares more george odom or or whoever it is could come down the line once Jimmy Ward is, is you know ready to come back. Because even though you're putting him on IR and you want him to come back in four weeks, the type of injury that he has doesn't mean he's going to be back in four weeks. And anytime that it's a hamstring like this, you want to take your time and really be patient and make sure that he's going to be healthy for the long haul. So what they might do is let this thing play out, especially if Tart's available. And there's a lot of really good football players that got released all around the league. Uh, I don't know how many of the 49ers are going to try to claim. I don't know how many they're going to end up trying to add to their practice squad, but we've seen young, talented players as well you know, that were released from offensive guard like Wyatt Davis um, to tight end Devin Asiasi. These are guys that the 49ers are, you know, could possibly look at as potential guys to bring in and potentially put on their practice squad. So it's not just about the 49er guys that they went ahead and released that they're going to want to bring back, but also players around the league that they might feel that they need to go ahead and try to bring in because uh, there were a lot of surprising cuts that happened. They happened in San Francisco and they happened around the league. But the 49ers overall have put together a really, really good 53-man uh, roster, a very talented one. I think the shock of the day has to be that Brock Purdy ends up making it 
Um, not so much that Purdy made the team, but now you're having three quarterbacks. I thought once Jimmy Garoppolo was confirmed as you know being on this roster and the backup quarterback, they were just going to roll with two. Uh, and I thought they would try to get either Purdy or a Sudfeld to the practice squad, but they felt that he was good enough. And JLE brings up center Alec Lindstrom. Yeah, Lindstrom was let go by the Dallas Cowboys in cuts. The Dallas Cowboys cut all the way down to one quarterback in Dak Prescott. So they're in the quarterback market. Um, they're going to be looking for a backup quarterback. Nate Sudfeld could obviously end up there. And what's up, SG? I hope you're having a good one. John Paul says, what do you think about Robinson making it over ball um that is interesting the fact that they decided to keep six linebackers uh keeping six linebackers and keeping curtis robinson over keeping jordan willis uh keeping kamoko Ture, i thought was a little surprising uh they just must have felt they weren't ready to move on from him and you know his comparison the way that he's built is a lot like fred warner he fits the bill of what you want mccrary ball is more of a develop developmental a linebacker, Curtis Robbins is farther along. It was in the league last year. And then now this year, you've got McCurry Ball trying to come up. Now, I think McCurry Ball is like farther along than a safety transitioning like a Marcel Harris. So if you could get McCurry Ball to your practice squad, which I believe they think they can, then you have a guy that you can develop for a long time. And I think that's what they're trying to do. And they're going to have positions, you know, along this linebacker room that are going to come open next year. So they're trying to make sure, I'm sure Curtis Robinson also highly valued on special teams as well and sg says your thoughts on alex or on uh I'm, I'm guessing that's supposed to be aaron banks i like banks i thought he's been consistent i think he's going to continue to develop and i believe once the kyle shannon starts scheming up offense uh i think this this offensive line is going to take another step forward mcglinchy had returned to practice he's definitely working things out the knee doesn't look right but he's got a knee brace on I think McGlinchey, if he's back, he's going to stabilize this offensive line. Him and Trent Williams will help those interior guys get more comfortable. Plus, Brendel playing with Banks um, and Burford is good. So I think Banks is good to go. I really like that. And, and Ronald Marks says, Kamiko Ture uh, did not make it. No, he did not. Uh, he was released. And Kamiko Ture could end up going somewhere else. The Foreigners could ultimately try to bring him onto the practice squad. But I'm guessing with the way he played during preseason, there's going to be a market for him around the league. And so he could probably find himself landing on another 53-man roster. Yeah, they released uh, two edge rushers in Kamoko Ture and Jordan Willis. I thought it was surprising. I thought once Kamoko Ture was released, they were keeping Jordan Willis. Uh, but they ended up releasing both of them. I thought that was very, very shocking. Uh, Robert Aguilar says, bro, Tyler Croft, so you decided to keep Sermon and Dwelly over really? Yeah, I was very surprised that they moved on from Tyler Croft. I thought Tyler Croft was going to be the third tight end in the room. Consistency was the name of the game for him. They ended up going with what they know with Ross Dwelly. So this, this tight end room stays exactly the same as it was last year. Um, no differences. And it's one of those things that's a little surprising. I know Dwelly played well in the last game, but I felt like Croft had a very good preseason as well with multiple catches in, in, you know, in the games, uh, but also blocking very well. Uh, as well so I, it did catch me off guard croft will not be a part of the 49ers team uh apparently of course earlier in chat um some of the people were coming in here and saying that they had heard that croft and jordan willis were going to be brought back to the roster tomorrow so there could be moves maybe they needed to get some of these guys uh, positions where they kept extra guys like running back like linebacker curtis robinson could be an ir guy maybe they're going to move him end up bringing somebody back 
Maybe there's a running back as well that goes on the IR that they could bring someone back. So there still could be some corresponding moves with these veteran players that you release. They might have the understanding that, hey, we'll bring you back tomorrow once everything is finalized. Those things could definitely still happen. We'll see. We'll see how it ends up working out. Um, don't know for sure. And John Paul says, gotcha. What about Sermon over Hasty? I don't get it. I didn't see that one coming either. I thought Jamichael Hasty offered something different. His pass protection's been on point. He's been a third down back. But the 49ers, I believe, weren't ready to move on from Trey Sermon. I think Trey Sermon had, from my own account, a very good um, training camp. He looked good. I mean, he, he looked really good. And I was hoping that was going to translate to the games. It didn't. You saw flashes. You saw small little moments of it. But you really didn't see that guy uh, that you were hoping you were going to get. And Sermon only showed explosiveness at practice and not so much in the games. There were moments and, and hints that maybe this was going to happen. But then John Lynch's comments that he had a couple days ago about Trey Sermon, you know, basically blowing them out of the water um, and just his improvement was, you know, was huge. Uh, it started to signal they were either trying to drum up a trade market or Trey Sermon was going to make this roster. I still went ahead and thought, you know what, if you're keeping Jordan Mason, you're keeping TDP, Jeff Wilson Jr. and Elijah Mitchell, you're probably not keeping Trey Sermon because uh, you want somebody that does something different, but they went all in on the big physical backs. And now they have six big physical, I mean, uh, running backs, if you count Kyle Juszczyk. So it's very, very interesting. And 49ers Faithful Forever says, so Gibson cut means more starting for Ward at the moment. Yeah, I would think that is how it goes. George Odom being the backup. And then we'll see what happens once uh, Jimmy Ward goes on the IR. Will it be Dante Johnson that slides in? That made the most sense to me before Tart was released. You bring in Dante Johnson. Uh, Dante Johnson has covered skills. He's played safety for the 49ers. He worked at training camp as a safety a lot. Uh, practice with them more than you practice with the cornerback. So you could go that way, or they could bring Tart in. Now that Tart is available, you bring Tart in, you plug and play him in there next to uh, Talano Hufonga. They played some together last year. He understands the system. He's really good in run fits. And the first two games of the year against a running quarterback like Justin Fields, you want to make sure you have a guy that can play in the box like Tart. It would give you a little bit of flexibility there. And then also Seattle, I believe, wants to run the football especially with Geno Smith as a the quarterback. They're not going to whip it around. So uh, Jaquiski Tart definitely makes sense for the early part of the season. Let's see if the Niners end up making that move. They definitely financially can't afford him now. He didn't even cost that much before. Uh, he got a little bit of money from Philly. So we will see. And Fortnite's Fogey says, Sermon didn't look good at all in preseason games. Trade him or cut him. Fortnite's Fogies. there were moments he did look good. So I'm going to disagree a little bit. Uh, did he have moments where he didn't look good? Yes. But did he have flashes? Yes. And as a coach, when you look at those flashes, you're like, okay, what else can I get out of him? And when you see him improve on certain things, then that means like, oh, as long as a guy's improving, you're like, okay, we can go farther with him. And I think he offers something a little bit different. I think he's going to be successful in shotgun situations with Trey Sermon. So I look to see what they end up doing with Trey Sermon. And if he's active for games, they can't have all these guys active for games. So there's going to be some still some play there. Uh, Brian Va uh, Van Beek says, or Van Beck, yeah, Van Beek says, not a fan of either Sermon or Hasty. I think they knew Hasty wasn't the long-term answer, so they just moved on earlier. Uh, you could be right, and it, we'll see if Hasty's uh liked around the league, and if he ends up on another roster, or if the 49ers bring him back on the practice squad. If he would, if he could make it, I think he'd be a prime candidate to be on the practice squad because then they could definitely use him down the road. They're probably going to end up with some sort of injuries. Um, so maybe maybe at some point they get him. So we'll see. 
Mr. Corey was wishing the Dolphins would have cut Mostert. No way after seeing his runs uh, this preseason. No way. All he had to do was prove that he was healthy, and uh, McDaniel was not moving on from him. And what's up, Seth? How's it going? Always good to see you in chat. The Tart won't be available for long. Somebody will swoop him up soon. Started 14 games last year. That's a rare experience for a healthy free agent. It is, you know, and I was really surprised he didn't make the Philadelphia Eagles roster uh, because, you know, he's proven to be really good in the run fits. But they did some interesting things as well, cutting safety Anthony Harris, who was a starter for them last year. So I don't know exactly. I know they had moved a nickel uh, corner to safety. So they have a little bit of change in the way they're handling the safety position. So uh, made Tart available. Tart had some personal reasons as well why he missed practice. And now he's available. If the Niners want him, they need to call him, go swoop him up. With Jimmy Ward being out, it makes sense. Uh, we'll see if they ultimately do that. Uh, it could be as simple as they just bring back Dante Johnson. But I'm actually hoping they bring back Tart because he's a veteran that definitely has starting experience. And I think, you know, at times plays at a high, a high enough level that he could be talked about with one of the better safeties in the league uh, in some categories. I, I still worry about him in coverage a little bit, but he's still better than some. Uh, Lou says, I still can't wrap my head around drafting TDP and Sermon seems redundant. They are different. I, I know the size uh, seems very similar, but they are different in the way that they approach the running style. TDP is a downhill, get after it, in your face, run you over. That's not who Trey Sermon is. Even though he's a big-bodied individual at over two, you know, close to 220 pounds, he's a patient, uh, calculated, uh, you know, different kind of runner. They have a different running style. So it's not as redundant as people think. And when you watch them run, it's very apparent. Those two guys are different. TDP is more on the mold of Elijah Mitchell, just with a you know a bigger body. Uh, he doesn't have the same explosiveness that Elijah Mitchell has, but they are more similar than uh, Trey Sermon and TDP. So I, that, at least that's my understanding of it. And Ronald Marks has, should have waived Brock Purdy and kept uh, Kamiko uh, Ture. Brock would have made it to the practice squad. I believe the same thing, Ronald. I think that I thought they were going to keep an extra defensive lineman. And I think Brock Purdy would have made it to the practice squad. Um, their belief was that he was good enough to make this roster. And they would have went ahead and kept him if they didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo. Heat says, all the rookies to make the roster, Purdy, Womack, Gray, just to name three. Wow, what a draft. Yeah, it's a good class. I, I They cut a, you know, they cut um, one guy, I believe, from this, from this uh, roster of Tariq Castro-Fields, a six-round pick, a comp six-round pick. Uh, the last pick before the seventh round, he's the one guy that gets released and every, and waived, and everybody else pretty much takes makes his team, and you're probably going to have a couple starters with Castro, Fields, and Spencer Burford. Uh, I think overall that's a really good draft class. Um, so it's it's nice. I thank so much uh, SG Sports Talk for uh, throwing out about the hat and shirt. I really appreciate that. Um, Brian says, I'm a big Purdy fan, but I agree. They probably could have gotten him in the practice squad. I'm with you. I'm agreeing with you on it for sure. I think we're in the same category. Mr. Corey says, nobody wanted Tartan free agency. Why all of a sudden would everyone want him now? Um, well, I don't know for sure. I mean, maybe. I, right now, he would be a cheap option. He's going to be, you know, maybe he was holding out to get more money. Philly did give him more than a minimum salary, but now you could sign him, you know, and get him for, probably for a minimum salary. But for the 49ers, they have an injury. So go ahead and, and make that move. And And what's up, Paul? How's it going? Says, hey, my faithful friends, we will end up with only three safety. Seems a little light. I think they're bringing somebody back. I do. I think it's going to be Dante Johnson or Jaquiski Tart that they're bringing back in that scenario. I think Taylor Hawkins ends up on the practice squad as long as he's not claimed. Please, NFL, don't claim Taylor Hawkins. He's one of 
the guys that I really, really, really like. Um, Boo says, can I assume Suds got cut? Sudfeld did get cut. They kept Brock Purdy. They kept uh, Trey, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Brock Purdy. So you can expect Brock Purdy to not be active on game days because Kyle Shannon said in their presser today that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be quarterback two at Chicago. So we have a very, very good backup now to go behind Trey Lance if something was to happen. And heaven forbid he was to get injured, Jimmy Garoppolo could step in and fill the void until Trey was ready to get back. Uh, Bomber T is in a disagreement. Says Brock would have been picked up. Maybe that's the case. Bomber T, um, we don't have to. We don't have to try to figure that out now, right? Because they kept him on the roster, so we don't know if he would have or not. Uh, the four yards definitely weren't willing to take that chance, and now they're going to keep Brock Purdy on this roster. So, oh, uh, that's that's good news for the 49ers. They totally did pretty good, and some of his throws were fantastic. I'm actually looking forward into breaking down his you know his game film. I'm still going to get into him uh, against the Houston Texans because some of those throws were absolutely fantastic, and the locations at which he put them was really good. Mr. Corey says, TDP and Sermon are nothing alike. The only thing similar about them is they are third-round picks. We're in agreement there as well. And Sports Talk says, TDP and Joe Burrow both played at LSU. Who are you going to be facing the Florida State Seminoles on September 4th, 2022? I'm a Florida State Seminoles fan. I'm actually looking forward to that. The fact they're playing you know, on a Sunday is interesting. Um, but I'm I'm all in for Florida State. They've been looking pretty good so far. I'm excited. Uh, that's going to be good. And Mr. Corey says, I don't, I know I want Tart back. Definitely. I was saying, why would ever, I know what you're saying, uh, Mr. Corey. Um, I, I think that, you know, I don't know exactly why, you know, how many teams are going to be in on him. I think there will be some. I think there were safeties that were available, like Harris. Also, um, Tony Jefferson became available too. We'll see what the market looks like for safeties around the league and how many teams still suffer injuries or look to make, you know, changes. Because sometimes guys who make your roster, um, you're excited about it, but then you see somebody else that you're more excited about, that you had a higher grade on, you go out there and get them. Um, so, and uh, Demonic Angel says, doesn't matter, but Cowboys might have taken Purdy. You're right, they could have. They're down to one. They're down to Dak Prescott. So they are looking to fill you know, some holes in that room. And it could be as simple as Kellen Mond, right? As soon as Kellen Mond got released, uh, maybe the Dallas Cowboys are thinking to themselves, we're going to go grab Kellen Mond, a guy that played in their backyard at Texas A&M, a guy that, you know, maybe they're high on. So it could be as simple as that. It could have been Purdy, or it could have been somebody like Kellen Mond, who was a guy that's a third round pick that carries a lot of value with a lot of people that just got done evaluating, you know, just last year. Um, Minnesota wasn't this new regime wasn't ready to roll with him, so they moved on. But that could be as something that you see down the road. Uh, it, you just never know. So um, I think a lot of times when it comes to these roster spots, we've been talking about which ones were going to be the most surprising. You know, and I thought Kamoko Ture ends up being the most surprising for me, for the mere fact that I thought he had played so well during the preseason that he was an absolute lock. And in fact, I made. A lot of graphics for our social media. If you guys have our social medias, you probably saw them coming out all day of who was going to make this roster. And I had almost all of them, you know, created. Of course, the end of the road guys, I haven't, I wasn't able to post. I decided to come on live and talk to you guys about it. But Pomoko Ture was a player that I didn't have one made for. Um, he would have been the most surprising. I think Jordan Willis also was surprising to me and Tyler Croft. I did one make one for Croft though, because I thought Wally had at least pushed it. To the, to the point where um, it could have went either way. So I thought those guys um, were ones that definitely stood out. 
as guys, you know, that were very surprising to me. I thought Hasty was a possibility just because of how tough that running back room was going to make. But those three guys right there, Jordan Willis, Kamoko Ture, and Jordan uh, and uh, Tyler Croft end up being the guys um, that I was surprised about. You know, I, I, I just, I thought maybe that uh, Croft had done enough to beat out Ross Dwelly. It didn't work out. Uh, it, it didn't work out, but um, that's how it's going to, you know, that's how it was. That's what I was thinking. And, and what's up, Casey? Uh, how's it going? I drafted Tony Jefferson two years ago, but this might be up to up. His time might be up. He started wearing his glasses again um, for the first time in years, though. Oh, I did see that where he was talking about the fact that he couldn't see. I remember seeing that report. Yeah, Tony Jefferson was with the 49ers last year and got hurt when he was in practice. Um and never really panned out for them. And they ended up letting him go. Of course, you know, he went and landed a couple of places around the league and then tried to give it another shot with Baltimore. But I don't think he ever really fully came back from his injury that he suffered in 2019. I don't think that happened for him. So we'll see what he ends up doing around the league and if somebody takes a chance on Tony Jefferson. Um, but he's somebody that we definitely liked. You know, and Bomber T is saying, yeah, Torrey surprised me. I'm with you. Luke Luna, what's up, Luke? Welcome to chat. Says, hasty Poe Teray. I said all along weren't making the 53. Teray started to make me question it with this play, and ultimately they couldn't keep him. Also, five wide receivers knew that as well. Yeah, I was with you on the five wide receivers as well. Um, if you go back and you look at my pre-training uh, camp, pre-preseason 53-man roster prediction, I had hasty out. I had Poe out. Uh, but their play during training camp and preseason had made me think, you know what? They might make this team because they were both playing really well. Kamoko Ture, I've always been high on. I thought he was somebody that was going to make this roster. So uh, that one definitely surprised me for sure. I did not think that Kamoko Ture was not going to make this roster. Niner Joe Empire says Croft did make it. Uh, did make it. Willis, too. They will sign them once. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to read this. Uh Croft and Willis didn't make it. They will sign them once Ward and Robinson go on the IR. So, okay, if that happens, that's fantastic. That's great news. So Curtis Robinson likely to go on the IR. Jordan Willis uh, and Croft will come in once Ward and Robinson go on there, which would mean they're keeping three safeties. So that's interesting. Thanks so much, 49er Joe Empire, for coming through and talking about that. I think that's always a possibility, especially the way the Niners handled it last year, where Maurice Hurst, um, you know, was put on the IR and then they brought people back. So this is something that they definitely do. And, and that would make a lot of sense. I would love to have Croft come back. If Croft comes back, that means the foreigners have four tight ends. That's something to uh, remember as well. That, that would be interesting. Uh, Luke's as well assumed five wide issues with how good the five were. Didn't need to keep six, even though we lose a good uh, gunner by not keeping six. I'm with you. I, I thought five, because you're not going to dress six unless Malik Turner was going to be an absolutely just all-star. Um, yeah. And KC uh, says the Croft story, I heard the same thing. But we'll monitor that and see if that ends up happening. It, it could. Uh, Dimitri says, Dwelly is the new Dante Johnson. Just can't get rid of this guy. Yeah, that's how it feels. I mean, it does feel that way. Uh, Lou says, I really liked Croft over Dwelly. Better hands and definitely a better blocker. I'm with you. That was my belief as well. Uh, Jason says they are bringing back Willis and Croft after they put Ward and Robinson on the IR. So I don't know where you guys all heard this, but it's it's been pretty consistent all throughout chat that Robinson and Ward are going on IR. I knew Ward was. I wasn't aware uh, that Robinson was, but that makes sense. Uh, you keep the young guy and you're able to put him on IR and stash him. 
and then end up bringing other players back. I think that makes sense. And everyone is talking about it. And Lou says Jackson made Teray expendable. They did sign Teray pre-drafting uh, Drake Jackson. I don't think Drake Jackson was the initial plan to draft him. But I would say that the upside of Drake Jackson is far beyond Kamoko Teray. But Kamoko Teray played well beyond what Drake Jackson did in preseason. Kamoko Teray is a better player right now. Uh, overall, that makes sense. But I thought keeping both of them and then putting uh, Drake Jackson in situational pass rush situations would have been good for the team. because You could have played Kamoko Teray in base four three sets. Uh, that's going to be Harry Hyder, obviously, Charles and Minahue. Those are going to be the guys behind Bosa and Ebucom. And then, of course, Jordan Wills will come back as well. So, I mean, that's really what it came down to. Those guys are going to be the ones that are on there. Um, and then... Uh, and then SG says, you missed my comment and you didn't read it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm missing some here and there. I'm sorry. I'm not going to catch all of them. I'm doing my best. So if I miss it, apologies. I'm just trying to get them out there and uh, and read anyone's. And Tosio says, anyone you're interested in who has been released from another team? Yeah, there was a couple that caught my interest right away. And mainly for practice squad reasons. Uh, the, the two names that caught my attention, actually somebody that came in the chat and I'm going blank on who it was. So I wish I could give them credit was they pointed out that the, the Patriots were probably going to move on from tight end Devin Asiasi. That did happen today. Devin Asiasi is a guy that played locally, so I've actually seen him play in person a bunch. He played at De La Salle and Concord and then played at UCLA. Tremendous athlete. He's got a lot of ability. It actually went to Michigan with Harbaugh and then ended up at UCLA. He's got a lot of ability and was a good blocker. Uh, you know, the, the New England made some changes in their tight end room. Asiasi coming to the practice squad would make sense. The developmental guy they could take a look at, see what he can do. That was number one. Number two is Wyatt Davis. Uh, Wyatt Davis, of course, played for Ohio State. He was an interior offensive lineman that everyone was really high on in last year's draft. He did not make the Minnesota Vikings football team. And this kind of made me think about you know other players that have come from that division, like Lakin Tomlinson, where the four yards go ahead and, and get somebody that maybe didn't work out for that team, especially a guard, and then ended up developing him. So Wyatt Davis is a guy with top-end ability that hasn't proven to be a big-time player. Maybe you could get him onto your practice squad and see what he could do. So a lot of my attention was paid more towards building a practice squad because I think this 53-man roster is really, really good. And then having those guys and just seeing what they could do. If, they, if they're not looking like they're going to you know, reach the potential that you want, you just cycle through and find other guys. But those were two guys for sure uh, that, were, you know, that caught my attention right away when I saw that they had been released. Jay Sanders says, week one belongs to the Bears. Um, I don't know what makes you think that, but uh, you're you're definitely entitled to your opinion. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Jason says, Matt Mayoka reported that Croft and Willis moves. Then that is a fantastic source. And thanks for telling me that I was Matt Mayoko. I always uh, lean towards trusting him. He does a really, really good job. So I, I like that. And Casey says, I expect this team will have a lot of interesting jumbo and heavy formations utilizing Multiple tight ends and extra O-line, dual fullback, pistol, etc. You would think so for sure, especially if they're keeping four tight ends. They're keeping four tight ends. They're going to go three tight ends more than anybody even anticipated. And five wide receivers and four tight ends, it makes a lot of sense. So they, uh, they keep one less receiver and keep one extra tight end. They haven't done the four tight ends since Jordan, or sorry, yeah, since Jordan Reed was here in 2020. Uh, he had a particular skill set. A little bit different than what they got now, but we'll see how they approach this. I mean, I wouldn't want to move on from most of these tight ends either. They're really, really good. Uh, Luke says, so when Ward comes back, 
who they get who do they get rid of? I think Croft or a different tight end. Willis stays in place of Robinson. I think what you're expecting four weeks into the season or for Ward, it could be longer, and they might know that. Uh, Jason Brett's going to have to come back, so that that could play into it as well. But you're probably going to have some sort of injuries around you know your team. It's unfortunate, but it's a war of attrition out there, and guys are going to get hurt. You have to have players that are available and ready to step in, and putting these guys on you know that that spot of your roster, uh, having them on IR where you can bring them back and stashing them gives you a lot of opportunities to continue to have an influx of talent even during the year. And I think that's what the 49ers have done through the years in managing. I mean, last year they did with Maurice Hurst. Of course, when they brought him back, he ended up not being able to stay healthy. But I think that's what you're hoping. They're going to have guys on the practice squad and guys on IR that when you start to suffer injuries during the season, you can kind of bring those guys back and stay you know, up up at the highest levels of uh, because when it comes down to it, it's not about the 53 and it's not about the 69. It's about the 80 or five or so players that you're going to end up having come through this roster during the year. That's why each team in the NFL tries to have enough money to make in-season moves. And of course, the 49ers have plenty of money to make in-season moves if they need to, whether that is just signing a veteran to play a position or you know promoting one of these guys from the practice squad up to your main roster, which means they make more money. Uh, all those things, you know, go ahead and start eating at your salary cap. It's nice that the 49ers have that wiggle room to be able to do that. But that was a good question. I really, really like that. Uh, Ronald says, our defense is still going to be good, even with without Kamoko Trey. Agreed, Ronald. Uh, really, really agree with that. I just, I mean, we just like the talent. Uh, but you're right. I mean, that's the thing. This team is absolutely stacked. You were going to lose a really talented player all over this team. There were going to be talented guys that weren't going to be on the roster. You're just looking at for the guys who played really well and the guys who played the best. But when it comes to it, I'm not going to ever question uh, Chris Kacerik because Chris Kacerik does a really good job of building his team and developing these players. And if he feels that Kamoko Ture just wasn't up to that level, um, then I'm going to trust him. I thought the film looked really good, but Chris Kacerik knows what you know what he's getting out of these players. So that's what we want to see. And, and could it be that maybe Kamoko Ture also didn't want to be that low in the rotation, wanted more playing time and felt, you know, hey, maybe it's time for me to move into another situation where I can get more playing time. That is also a possibility. Um, but I, I don't know that for sure, you know. I don't know that for sure. Uh, Lou says, any O-lineman that got released you like? I thought Wyatt Davis, of course. I talked about him a second ago. He was the first one. I did see some other names, but I'll have to kind of go through um, some of those names. I You know, I've seen other guys that weren't shocks either. I thought Lindstrom couldn't cut from uh, Dallas. That was a guy that I'd be interested in bringing in potentially on the practice squad, taking a look at him at least. Uh, maybe that will happen. And of course, the news came out that you know, the 49ers weren't going to sign uh, John Miller, who they had worked out. He wasn't going to, you know, wasn't going to be coming onto this roster. And, and that didn't surprise me either. Uh, but there's some guys out there. I'll have to go through the list because there was some guys who were more of a surprise cut. And then, SG Sports Talk brings up Alex Leatherwood. Um, if I'm the 49ers, I'll let him clear waivers because you don't want to pay what his you know money looks like. Let the let the Raiders pay him. And then you go ahead and you kick the tires on him. And Leatherwood, to me, wasn't a very talented uh, tackle prospect. But as a guard, he's not bad. He's got some athleticism. I think you go ahead and you look what Alex Leatherwood could do. I'd definitely be willing to bring him in for a workout. My guess is somebody takes a chance uh, on that. 49 Joe Empire says, Nick Wagner was the one that reported on Croft and Willis. So uh, good job, Nick Wagner as well. Um, and then, you know, that's my thoughts on 
Leatherwood. Uh, KC says safety Tyree Gillespie was traded from the Raiders to the Titans and was waived by Tennessee. Um, so there's another safety prospect out there that the Warriors could be interested in, Tyler Gillespie. So there's lots of guys, uh, lots of guys. Uh, I love that. And Mr. Court says, why Davis and Aaron Banks were the second team All-American guards in 2020? They were, you know, and Wyatt Davis is one of those guys. He was another one that I seen play in person when he was real young. And then, of course, I watched him at Ohio State. And people that were on this channel back then know how high I will, I was on Wyatt Davis for the 49ers. I mean, I would have loved it if you would have said that we drafted Wyatt Davis and not Aaron Banks. I was a big uh, believer in that. But it didn't happen. Maybe he would fit into a different system. Of course, he has suffered injuries. I don't know what he looks like physically as far as the medical goes. So that would be something I'm sure they would want to get into. Uh, maybe, just maybe, um, the 49ers would be interested in Wyatt Davis. It, it could happen. We'll see what happens overall. Golden Dragon said, except Trey Lance to run the offense from the shotgun against the Bears. Defense, expect it. He's saying, go ahead and expect it. Maybe you're right, Golden Dragon. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of different things. Under center, I think we're going to see shotgun. Uh, and Luke Luna says, O.J. Howard got waived. I want the 49ers to work him out. Yeah, there was some tight ends around the league that got, you know, waived. And O.J. Howard definitely was somebody I'm sure the Niners would have been interested in a free agency. I wonder if they'll bring him in, though. If they're so high on the guys they already got, is there room for a tight end on the main roster? I don't think O.J. would want to go to a practice squad, but he is definitely a receiving threat. Um, so we'll see if the Niners show interest in O.J. Howard, but he's definitely someone that perks your antennas up a little bit. Uh, you definitely get into that, and you're excited about it. Lou says, somewhere I read Ward could be out four to eight weeks. I'll try to find it. Yeah, that's my belief as well. I think four is the hope. That's the optimistic take on it, but it could be as far as eight weeks. And when it comes to a hamstring, I think a lot of times you just want to make sure you're patient. Uh, you don't want to run the risk of you know having this guy re-injure it and being out for the rest of the season. And if you have guys that you can bring in that can play at a high enough level, to where you can kind of bridge that gap, you go ahead and you do that. And I think that's what the Niners are going to try to do, bridge the gap between Jimmy Ward and whoever they have. So uh, Jay Ellie brings up Preston Williams as well. I saw that pop up as I'm going through. Um, Preston Williams from Miami wanted to get traded. Apparently no NFL team wanted to trade for him. I'm sure there's going to be a market for him, but there's a lot of wide receivers out there. Um, the influx of talented wide receivers into this league. I mean, Tyler Johnson, from Tampa Bay was released. And uh, Tyler Johnson's been one of my favorite guys coming out of that draft. He's a very talented receiver. I mean, I just don't know if the 49ers are going to bring anyone on to be on this active roster. I think they would bring someone in on the practice squad. If they could get Tyler Johnson to the practice squad, I would love that. I just don't think that's going to be a possibility. Same with Preston Wilson. I don't think that's going to be a possibility to get those guys there. I think they end up getting on somebody's active roster because there are still time uh, for some of these players to find spots because there's plenty of time before the first game, and I'm sure there will be a lot of signings as well. Uh, Mr. Corey says, I wanted Davis over Banks too. LOL was pissed that he went to Ohio State over USC. I'm with you, uh, especially, I mean, watching him play in, college, I mean, in high school. He was fantastic. He was really good. And then you watch him go to Ohio State, and it's like, okay, yeah, I want to see this guy and what he can do in the NFL. We just never saw it. You know, it's unfortunate it didn't work out for Tennessee. Casey says, is Ray Ray McLeod going to be anything close to at least above average as a return specialist and role wide receiver. I think wide receiver, I'm more confident in, in him having above average because of what I've seen overall through training camp in the, in the preseason. 
Uh, he was creating separation. He was doing really well in out routes and corner routes. Those were things he was executing at a high level. Uh, smoke screens as well. Those were things that he did good. And then I seen Kyle Shannon using him in a variety of different ways uh, with motion and running fly sweeps, running ghost motion where you get him moving behind the quarterback and create some option style looks, taking some of the pressure off IU to do the same role. So I think there is a role for Ray Ray. And we had a video that came out, you know, couple months ago even it feels like now ray ray's role if you want to go check that out we talk all about how ray ray mcleod fits in the 49ers offense and what kyle shanahan ultimately wants to do with him now as far as a special teams uh no return man i've seen him do pretty good at times in practice it has not translated to these preseason games so let's see what happens when we get the first team kick return unit out there first team punt return unit, and see if he can find some lanes and, and start changing some field position hoping he can uh, the one thing I've seen from him so far, he's been a secure catch guy. But one question I have is, will he be able to uh, eliminate the fumbles that he's had you know, before this? I'm hoping that's the case because that would be really, really nice for you know the 49ers. They definitely need that. Yeah, uh, yes, exactly. KC says Tyler Johnson was great at Minnesota. The feel for him in the back of the end zone, the feel of him getting up and, and making catches in space, uh, the guy can make a lot of contested catches too. He's just one of those guys um, that's that's special. And, you know, it's unfortunate because I, I think he's a really good receiver. I'm hoping he lands somewhere he has a good career because I really like him as a person, as a player. Uh, and he was fantastic when he played at Minnesota. So, yeah, exactly. And Luke is uh, saying that as well. Tyler Johnson is good. I liked him. The team is loaded at wide receiver in Tampa Bay and isn't being given a uh, proper burn. I'm with you. And that's ultimately what happens, right? Some of these players are good. Uh, but when you have a talented roster like that's like Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Philadelphia, you're releasing players at certain positions that you really wouldn't want to. But I would rather have like a, a Tyler Johnson than you know somebody like Jalen Rager if I was Philly. I mean, besides Rager being a a four three guy that can run really fast and take the top off, Tyler Johnson's one of those guys that have the field. Tyler Johnson is a Kyle Shanahan kind of receiver. He finds open windows. He sits down. He makes catches and he gets positive yards afterwards. And he's an absolute threat in the red zone. I just don't think the Niners will go that way because they have so many talented players. But I would love that if they did take a shot. Um, I'm looking at these comments and, and Jay Ellie's talking about Marlon Mack. I was surprised he got cut as well. He was a guy I was really high on. Uh, uh, Quandell says, what do you think the Niners record is going to be? I think it's going to be 11 or 12 wins. I, I think with them playing the AFC West, there's a lot of tough games there with Denver and Kansas City, you know, also Los Angeles Chargers and the Raiders. I think you're just playing a tough schedule. So I think 11 or 12 wins is kind of where the 49ers are, are going to be at. That's one. Uh, if you if it's 11, that's one better than last year, which makes you helps you make the playoffs. I think if they get to 12, they can win the division. I think they are going to be able to sweep teams like Seattle, uh, maybe have a chance to do the same thing with Arizona. So 11 or 12 wins seems realistic. I think you're looking at the top end being 13 or 14 wins. I think that's the best case scenario. That's staying healthy. That's Trey Lance advancing in this offense. But uh, overall, I think that would be a really good record considering who they're going to be playing in, in this league. It's it's not easy at all um, because this, you know, I mean, this league is tough. This league is really tough. Uh Jay Sanders, we welcome you back in week one. I hope you do come back, but we'll have a fun conversation about it. Don't worry, I'll have a reaction show. Uh, and, and you know, I mean, you can laugh if you want, but uh, just remember, he who laughs last, laughs best. 
Uh, so just be careful when you come into other people's chats and you say stuff. You just never know. But I do welcome you here, Jay Sanders, and you're welcome to come here and have discourse with everybody and talk 49ers versus Bears. I actually enjoy it. I don't know as much about your team yet. Um, so if you have good things to say about the Bears, let us know. Let us know who are the guys to watch in that football game. Why not? Let's have fun. We're football fans. Let's have fun talking 49ers versus the Bears. Why not? It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, one of those things that's aggressive. Let's just have fun with it. Uh, Jay Ellie says, Ant, thoughts on Chenault moving to the Panthers? I was mad. I want LaVisca Chenault. I love LaVisca Chenault. I've liked him since he came out of Colorado. He's a guy that I see fitting what Kyle Shannon wants to do. He's a Ray Ray McLeod kind of player. He's a, you know, he's a poor man's Debo Samuel. I think he would fit nice with what Kyle wants to do. And the Panthers got him. And that was disappointing. Um, but overall, I like Chenault. And I'm glad he's going to get a better opportunity. I just hope. Uh, they use him right because he was going to suffer in Jacksonville. They weren't going to use him right. And I want to see Visca do a good job. But hopefully they figure this thing out. And Luke says, Kyle has learned his lesson in Super Bowl leads. We get there and he's in the same position. He will bring it home. I think he's going to get after it. I, I do think he's learned a lot. And sometimes that's all you can do. Uh, experience, you know, is, is so, in, so vital and important. You just got to make sure that you... When you, when you have the opportunity to take advantage of it, you're just hoping you get that opportunity again because there's so many guys who get there that Super Bowl one time. I mean, Dan Marino in 1984 famously said, you know, I will get back here. I'm, this is the one time of many. I'm going to come back a lot. Never went back again. You know, and George Kittle was on the sidelines and he said, I will come back here. And you're hoping they get that opportunity again. So I'm really hoping um, that they honestly do. I, I am honestly that they honestly do. Um, and then... You got uh, KC saying uh, Washington football team released running back Jared Patterson. No running back is in need. He's tiny bowling ball destroying the Mac. Yeah, so Jared Patterson has been somebody that's been on our radar for a while. So I actually saw that him on that list too. And it made me think like, oh, there's a guy that the 49ers could definitely put on their practice squad if they needed a uh, you know an extra guy in the running back room. JLE brings up Austin, a writer from a center from KC. We got some more there. Um, so we're getting a lot of really good players in this list. So thanks everyone that continues to fill up the list of overall, you know, uh, players that are also available. Um, so it, it's it's like there's lots of guys out there. I wonder what the 49ers, you know, ultimately do with some of these roster spots. And and what's up, Silverado Kev? How's it going? Uh, says 49ers come out looking at this roster makeup. Trey will make uh, may throw 20 passes a game and just need to hit his layups and not turn the ball over. No need to be a hero. Say thir 13 to 20 ish. Uh, 13 of 20 um, per game, run heavy. Yeah, I mean, that's how they're building it. Anytime you put an offensive line coach like Chris Forrester as your running game coordinator, you're probably going to run a powerful look on offense. You know, and the, the 49ers haven't really schemed it up at all. I seen Mike McDaniel scheming up a little in Miami. I watched a little bit of their game, and you could see him do the things that he does with the misdirection and the gap scheme and all that. Uh, but Kyle Shanahan didn't do that. Chris Forrester didn't do that. They run straightaway plays, ran a little bit of read option, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I think that's what you want. Trey Lance throwing 20 to 22 passes a game. You want to run the ball between 30 and 40 times a game. That is the way to win games, especially when you have a defense that's going to be able to play at the level that the 49ers do. You're going to be able to get off the field. So you're going to limit the amount of opportunities the opposing offense has by running the football. One of those things that a balanced offense is important, but a run-heavy offense, if it's successful, will make you win a lot of football games in this league. So I think that's the the way they're going to handle it. That'll also bridge the gap while Trey continues to get his feet wet, gets more comfortable, give him easy throws, move the pocket, 
uh, get wide open receivers. I think the scheme is going to help Trey Lance. The scheme is going to help offensive line. That's what's important. In fact, over on Patreon, me and Horse have an episode of Slightly Offsides, and we talked about the importance of offensive scheme and how it benefits an offensive line. So if you're over on Patreon, check that out. If you're a channel member, it's also available to you. Check that out as well. You can go through the community page and see it's available. So um, I think that when it comes down to it, scheme is going to help these guys a lot. Super excited about you know the the way that they're going to handle this because they're doing a good job of surrounding Trey Lance with very, very positive players you know, that are going to be able to make a huge impact for this team moving forward. And I think uh, Silverado Kev does a really good job of course, him from, uh, you know, he's he's a guy that likes to talk 49ers football, and he does a really good uh, talk, real talk, Niner talk. They do a good job. If you haven't checked them out, check them out as well. Quandell says, also, wanted you to know, Super Bowl prediction, I think the Chiefs will win. Um, We'll see. We'll see if the, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. It's possible. Anytime you have a quarterback uh, like that, like Patrick Mahomes, you have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. We'll see. So maybe that'll happen. Luke Luna says Marlon Mack. I definitely wanted to see him in the system. I take him over Sermon right now. He's more ready and fast to run on the outside zone. I don't hate on Sermon. I'm patient. I'm just saying, yeah, I, th- I thought Marlon Mack was a nice fit for the 49er system, but I'm with you. I don't think they're going Marlon Mack, not with the fact that they have you know, other guys on this team, especially like Jordan Mason. I mean, Mason and Marlon Mack are pretty similar. I think Mack's a step faster uh, even after the injury, but Jordan Mason fits that same sort of role. Um, so that makes sense for sure. And what's up, Sean? How's it going? Welcome to chat. This top five defense, um, run the ball, keep the ball away from opponents, wear down your opponent, take their will. Yeah, that's that's what happens. That's how you can tell you got an, an O-line guy in the building because that's how you handle it. You run the ball, you move people against their will, you take their will, you break it because that's what's important to offensive linemen. When offensive linemen really settle in, and that's one of the things I think is important for Mike McGlinchey and Spencer Burford and Aaron Banks. Uh, what happens is when these guys really settle in is when they're able to move forward and block guys and push them off the ball and make holes. And then eventually you pass off of that. I think those are the situations that get offensive linemen engaged in the game. And that's what Kyle Shanahan and Chris Furster are going to try to do this year. And that's why you've seen those 2019 teams really start rolling when they would get that run game going. It just made everything easier. Uh, so that's what you want. That's what you really want. Casey says, not 49ers related, but underdog uh, guard Drew Forbes made the Browns after a long journey that included an NFL COVID opt-out. I think that's a good story. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna keep an eye on Forbes and just see what he does. Maybe a good story coming out of Cleveland. So we'll see. And Lou says, when can we start putting players on the practice squad? I believe it's once it officially becomes with the league, you'll start hearing... Names on the practice squad, I'm sure we'll hear a bunch tomorrow as these players clear waivers. Um, so you're going to have, you could, of course, you have players that are free agents right now. Those were all the players with more than four accrued seasons that you can sign their full uh, free agents. And then you have players that have to clear waivers. It usually takes a day for these players to clear. Um, so those are your young guys like Quantrez Knight, Taylor Hawkins, you know, players that you didn't want to lose, Marcelino McCrary Ball, Jason Poe. You have to wait for them to clear waivers. The 49ers are sitting, I believe it's at 29th on the waiver list. It's either 29th or 30th, I believe 29th. Uh, so, you know, for them to be able to claim players, it has to go through 28 other teams. So it's going to be a long process, um, but we'll see what happens. And, and then they'll build this practice squad and they'll put together a 16-man practice squad. 17, I believe, if you include um, Alfredo Gutierrez because he has the exemption. So he doesn't count 
And I believe Kyle Shannon already said that's why they were going to have 70 guys. He said, yeah, we're going to, we're building a 70 man. They already know that Alfredo Gutierrez is going to be there. And Quandell says, Lions fan here. We'll always welcome uh, into the chats for sure. Um, no problem with other fans coming in and talking football. Why not? Right. It's, it's, it's football. It's fun. Uh, no, I, I definitely don't mind, especially when you're bringing knowledge like you've been bringing, Quando. So way, way to go. Uh, Ronnie says, Ant, have you seen any guys from other teams cuts you would bring in? Yeah, I have. You know, and, and, and mainly it was practice squad guys. And the guys I brought up were Wyatt Davis, of course, and then Devin Asiasi. And I want to look at it a little bit more because there were other guys as well, like Tyler Johnson, wide receiver from Tampa Bay. I love him as well. Um, so there, there's guys that are around this league that got cut that definitely would fit. Um, also, you know, guys like Jaquiski Tart, I would bring in. So yeah, there's a bunch of them. I need to look at the list. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll break down the list and do an episode, uh, come on tomorrow and talk about players from other teams that I'd be interested in grabbing as the 49ers will have to build this practice squad. And I'm sure we're going to see some moves as well as once this 53 man roster becomes official and they put Jimmy Ward on the IR, they put Curtis Robinson on the IR, uh, who knows, maybe even somebody else. And then they start to bring the influx of players back that they made deals with like, Hey, um, we're going to release you, but we want you to come back as soon as we make these moves. Uh, so we'll see. And uh, Sean says, so stoked. I get to see you live, Ant. It's almost game time, bro. Love the show. Thank you so much, Sean. Yeah, it's almost time. We're almost to the games. Uh, Chicago is just around the corner. It's going to be exciting. Uh, Justin Fields looked good in his last game, so we're going to get the best effort from Justin Fields. And, you know, they are saying that he wants to get the Niners because they passed on him. Uh, so I'm excited about Trey Lance versus Justin Fields. This 49ers defense, we finally get to see it in full with Tarvarius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley to go with all the front seven that we haven't seen all throughout preseason. I can't wait for it. It's going to be great. I'm, I'm hyped for this, uh, you know, next week. Uh, this week is going to be a little bit different. We're still talking roster stuff, but next week, all ball, all day long. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to it for sure. And Lou says, Ant, almost forgot my guy Mason made it. Yeah, Jordan Mason made the roster. We know everybody really wanted this to happen. Everyone wanted Jordan Mason to be on this roster and to, you know, help out this football team. And he's going to be there. Uh, I think that's important. And Mason deserved it. He proved it during uh, preseason. And that was what I said, right? I, I told you. I, Lou kept saying, you're hating on him. I said, no, I just have tempered expectations because I want to see him prove it. And I said, once I see it, I'll tell you straight up. And I saw it and I put him on my 53 because he is going to be fantastic. I think Jordan Mason is going to develop into something. And Sean says, when is your game breakdown for the Bears game? It's going to be next week. So we'll get that next week. Um, I'm going to actually break down their film as well because I want to I get into all of the film. I want to go over how the new coach is going to handle scheming up against this defense how Kyle Shanahan's going to attack the new defensive style because we got changes from last year. It's not the same Bears team we saw. And of course, I'll get into the key matchups of all of it as well. And I'm hoping we're going to find out. That's why I'm waiting too. Who's going to start at what positions? But I think there's still some things that haven't been settled. I know Samuel Womack has been a guy that, you know, everyone's kind of said, uh, ordained him as, oh, he's the starting nickel. But I think they could go with a dual nickel role with Diamond Lenore and Samuel Womack. So, um, I'm waiting to see what we find out from that. It's it's going to be good. And uh, RW716 says, it feels O-line is Swiss cheese. He's going to be running for his life. That could be the case because this defensive line is fantastic. I, I absolutely love it. And uh, Mr. Corey said, I love for the foreigners to trade for Walker Little. Mr. Corey, are you sure we don't know each other personally? Because Walker Little was a guy I loved in that draft as well. I think the 49ers actually wanted to draft him over Aaron Banks, and it just didn't work out. So fantastic there. 
Walker Little is a guy that I've been high on because he's one of those guys with elite talent that had to get through some injuries. Kelly says, was going to name more depth players, practice squad guys. There's a lot out there. There really is uh, a ton. So you're right there. And uh, Mr. Corey says, whose roster spot would Tart take? Um, I mean, with the reports, right, that you're going to have Croft coming back and Willis coming back, you would have to make another move. Uh, I would have thought you could have just put simple as put, put Jimmy Ward on the IR, signed Jaquiski Tart, done deal. Uh, but if those other two guys are coming back, you have to find another way. And it could be one of those running backs. Uh, maybe one of those running backs, TDP, Jordan Mason, or Trey Sermon aren't healthy. Uh, and then you go ahead and you you know put another guy in. I think that is a, a possibility. Anytime you have an abundance of players at one position, you wait for a corresponding move, right? Six linebackers, okay, there's probably going to be a move. Oh, six running backs, there might be a move. So I think those things could happen. Could also be an offensive lineman because we've had guys who have suffered injuries, whether that was Daniel Brunskill. Uh, Brunskill's had the hamstring issue. He could start on IR. That move could still happen. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how this thing all plays out. But um, I think we're going to see some movement and maybe Tart ends up getting on this roster. And Sean says, bro, I forgot to give you an email regarding getting merch to Hawaii. Yeah, make sure you send me an email. I have – so if you go to um, 49ers Cutback – at, at gmail.com just four years cut back at gmail.com just send me an email and i'll get back to you sean um just send it there okay and then um let's see sean's his thought on getting leatherwood to have a look at him i think so you get le you don't claim leatherwood because if you claim leatherwood you're gonna get that's gonna be a lot of money coming your way so you don't want that uh so don't don't claim leatherwood let him pass through waivers and then go ahead and get him afterwards bring him in for a workout see what he looks like um, why not, right? He was a guy that, I mean, to me, he was a late two, early three. I probably would have put him in the third round. Mike Mayock reached for him in the first round. Um, but he's still a talented football player with some athletic ability. He's not a tackle in the league. He's a guard. But you bring him in. I think I would rather have Wyatt Davis over him. However, uh, anytime a talented player is out there, if you have the opportunity to take a look at him with your own eyes in person, you do it. Because sometimes his scheme fits. Sometimes he just doesn't fit with the coach or with the other players on the roster, and maybe he'll work with you. Mr. Corey says Dallas is trying to trade for little. Ugh. Oh man, don't 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 trade him to Dallas. Don't do it. I don't want to see that at all. Uh, Lucas four tight ends seems too many. I thought so as well. Thought they were going to go with three, um, but there appears. I mean, from the comp, Matt Mayoko said it. I know uh, people came in and said Nick Nick Wagner said as well that they're going to bring Croft back. If they're bringing Croft back, could one of the tight ends go uh, to an IR? We'll see. We'll see what kind of moves the 49ers make to bring these players back that they want to go. Uh, Mr. Corey says, Tart would take Zakel's spot. I like what you did there, Mr. Corey, and it could happen. You know, Zakel won't be a guy that's active for football games. He's a guy that's developing. He's a guy that's learning. He's a guy that they expect you know, midway through the year to be a legitimate backup, and then next year to be in the – the running to be the starting center. So I think he is a developmental piece. I don't think he's ready to start right now. Uh, that's never been my argument ever. So if that was the case, yeah, do that. Um, it's important for the 49ers to make sure they held on to him because of what he could be in future years. But if you need to you know, move him and, and do some things with him to make sure other players are ready to go, you go ahead and you do that. So yeah, I like that. And Luke says, I take Tart over Croft, especially with being hurt. I'm with you. I think we need to make sure the safety position is locked down. It's either going to be Jaquiski Tart or Dante Johnson. I'm actually okay with either one of them. I just don't want to roll into the year with three safeties. I want to make sure we have a fourth guy just in case something happens. 
Um, and just in case Tarverius Moore starts struggling, I think Moore's gonna play up to expectation, but um just go ahead and 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 bring in the you know, bring in Tart, make it happen. I think he can come in there and compete and at, at Dante Johnson as as well. But you already kept only five cornerbacks. So there's they're gonna have guys on the practice squad that they're gonna want to have available in case they need them. I think that's how they're gonna handle it. Of course, you have to bring up an offensive lineman, but then you could bring up a a six cornerback if necessary, a guy that could help on special teams. Wondell says, what team do you think has the had the best draft? You know, that's tough to say. I'd have to go look at, you know, the drafts top to bottom now that we've got through preseason and everyone's made their cuts and everyone's made their trades. Uh, because I think there was a lot of teams that really knocked it out of the park. I thought overall, I thought Seattle had a pretty good draft, even though, you know, they didn't draft very many players high. I thought overall the getting some of the depth they got, especially, you know, at the cornerback position and at the defensive end position was strong. Um, but I need to go ahead and look at all of them. I think there was a lot of teams that had some pretty good drafts and um, we'll see how those pan out. Uh, the guys who didn't, you know, the, it's going to be tough, but um, that's a good question. I think looking back now at who got released off these guys draft classes is what I'd have to do to be able to formulate an educated opinion on that. But that's a good question. Uh, Mike Kenny says pretty cheaper, younger and more ceiling. I wouldn't keep Dwelly uh, seldom reaches ceiling. I was with you on that. I didn't think they were going to keep Ross Dwelly either. I thought they were going to go with Tyler Croft. Croft, to me, uh, was more consistent. He was a red zone threat. Um, but the reports from Matt Miyoko is that he's going to end up making this roster. He's going to end up coming back once they put other guys in the IR, including, including Curtis Robinson and Jimmy Ward. So if that's the case, um, we get all of them. And that was the main thing, is getting Croft to this roster. I thought they were going to try to do that with Dwelly. Uh, it ends up being Croft. And I just want Croft on this team because he's been consistent. He's a good blocker. You don't know he's a dual threat guy. You don't know if he's blocking. You don't know if he's going out for a pass. And then red zone, just having that size. I mean, what he did with Josh Allen and Buffalo, those three red zone touchdowns could be very vital for a backup guy with the 49ers. Uh, Quando says Lions had a solid draft. They did. You're right. Uh, I have a friend that's a Lions fan, and you know that's the thing. The Lions, they've been doing a good job. Chris Spillman knows what he's doing up there. He's building a pretty good team up there in Detroit. I'm looking forward to them being relevant and going out there and, and playing a lot of tough games and winning some games this year. Uh, so, yeah, I like that. And what's up, Luke? Thanks so much um, for the $2 Super Chat. I said, got to charge the phone. Glad I caught you. I'm so glad you came through, Luke, as well. Had a really fun chat. Always appreciate the gifts. Um, but really, I appreciate the the most is you coming through with a great conversation. Everybody that's been coming through and adding to the conversation has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate that. So say, thanks so much, Luke. Uh, RW says, with McLeod and Gray, they finally got the speed to stretch the field and worry defenses. Yes. That's what's nice. That's one of the things Trey Lance adds as well. You can now stretch the defense vertically. You can stretch them horizontally, which means the defense has to cover the entire field of grass. It's it's an exciting change to this offense. And as long as Trey Lance can consistently operate over the intermediate part of the middle of the field, um, this offense is going to be entirely difficult to stop. And with the run game going, they're going to definitely get it going. They're going to make a lot of big-time plays. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about that group overall. And you're right. Uh, stretching it vertically has been something the Niners haven't been able to do in recent memory. Uh, they've been more of a horizontal offense and an intermediate offense. Um, and I think there's still going to be some of that because whenever you run a play-action game the way the Niners do, uh, that's the void. That's what gets created. Uh, it's just now it could be more of a void. More room for Debo Samuel to be able to catch the ball and run. More room for Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. Um, and I think that's what you want. So, going to be good. Uh, Mr. Corey says, I'm looking for a slight bump in production from Charlie Warner. 20 catches, 400 yards, three touchdowns. If we get that uh, from Mr. Cor Mr. Corey, if we get that from Charlie Warner, what a fantastic year. Uh, that would be 
with the way he blocks, Charlie Warner would be highly valued on this football team. Uh, 400 yards. That would be impressive. And then three touchdowns. I do think he's improved as a pass catcher with you on that. I don't know if I'm ready to go 20 and, and 400 for three touchdowns. But if he does it, I'm going to love it. I ain't going to hate it. I'm rooting for the guy. I'm rooting for all these guys to win. I don't care what their numbers end up being. And Luke says, Dwelly could be a threat catching every game. Him and Kittle is not their fault, but rather Kyle. I think that there were opportunities last year for Dwelly to catch the football and Charlie Warner. Um, and and sometimes it wasn't so much that um, one of the games was the Cardinals when Trey played. And I just don't think he saw it. And I think that's okay. Um, you know, I think these guys, they're going to find opportunities. But when you have weapons, uh, you're you're trying to find certain guys. And uh, and then uh, Mr. Corsis can't wait to rub Mason uh, to watch. I'm sure watch Mason run making the team. And David Lombardi, oh, you're going to rub it in David Lombardi's face, David agreement about it, with Lombardi saying Mason was only a running against third stringers. Uh, they gave him an opportunity, but when it comes down to it, it's not the talent that you're playing, Mr. Corey, right? It's the it's the way that you're doing against that talent. And he did a really good job, and he deserved to make the team. But everyone has opinions on it. Uh, but I don't often look at who they're going against. It was Elijah Mitchell last year was playing against third strings. Uh, that's uh, That's less important than what they're doing with the ball in their hands. As long as they're making the right reads and the right cuts as a running back, that's the kind of guy you want on the team. And what is up? He's on fire podcast, best 49ers podcast out there. Really appreciate that uh, so much. And always, uh, we worked so much with he's on fire last year doing a uh, quest for the West. It's really good. So if you guys just like, I mean, he's on fire covers everything in Arizona. They do a really good job. You guys can check them out as well. Go give them a like and subscribe. Really appreciate that as well. Uh, and Quando says, do you watch any college football? Yeah. I watch a lot of college football. Um, I really enjoy it. And I, I think that there's going to be a lot of fun games that are going to start happening over the next couple of weeks. Of course, I watch most of my college football because I can't catch all of them during the season. I follow a couple of teams uh, because I know some players that are like on USC. Uh, and then my favorite team is Florida State. So I try to watch them the most. But then after that, um, I, I just try to watch a variety of different games. But when I really watch is when breaking down film for the draft. That's when I start watching all the players and really get in touch with a bunch of them. But yeah, college football is super exciting. I love watching. And I think that these guys do a really good job. These players played an exciting brand of football. So I'm excited for football to be starting, excited for college football to be starting for sure. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's something I think we all enjoy, right? I think it's all time. And uh, JLE says, Noel's time. I think they're going to be better this year, JLE. I think they're going to be better. Um, and, and I'm excited about it. And that's the thing they've been building for a while. So we're going to get there. Uh, Fishing says, it is weird seeing X-49ers doing good on the Dolphins. It really is. I, I saw some of the some of the carries by Raheem Mostert, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Um, I do not like seeing Raheem Mostert wearing those colors. Uh, crazy to me. It's really crazy to me seeing him in those colors. But I, I'm rooting for him. I want to see Mike McDaniel do well as well. I like both of those guys, so I hope they do well. Um, River Craycraft did get released. Uh, by the Dolphins today, a, a little notable note for 49er fans. So I uh, remember that. And can you believe that? Says Jimmy G will string uh, starting. Well, oh wait, I'm sorry. We got a uh, a new start. Thong Nguyen said, uh, just subscribed. So thank you so much, uh, Thong, for uh, subscribing. Really appreciate that. And can you believe that? Says Jimmy G will be first string by week three. Um, that's bold. I like bold around here. So uh, if that happens, can you believe that? Make sure you come back and remind me. I, I people come back and remind me all the, all the time about things they said. Uh, so make sure you do that. And, and thank you so much, to everyone that's been joining the Cutback Crew. Uh, the the subscribers keep coming in, and we really appreciate that. And we continue to have people jumping in chat as well. 
you haven't had the opportunity, go ahead and like and subscribe. I would really appreciate that. It helps the channel out. Um, so thank you so much. And Luke says, David just points out the context. It's not like he was wrong and he was saying Mason isn't looking good. He just reminds people to keep expectations in, in perspective. I think that's always fair, right, Luke? Uh, that was my that was what I was doing with Jordan Mason initially was tempered expectations. I seen his college film. It's exciting. Let's see what happens when we get out there. And and we at first it wasn't getting very many reps at practice, and then you started to see him slowly getting reps. And uh, right away it kind of got blown up like, oh, this guy's the the best. He's really doing well. Um, and I think we saw it slowly take hold as we got into the preseason. And he looked really good. And at some point you just you can't walk away from a player of that talent. And I'm excited the Niners kept him. So. Uh, but yeah, keeping your expectations tempered, I think, is always a good thing as you're watching. Um, but, you know, it's exciting, too. You want to get excited about these players, and I think that's really important. Uh, getting excited about this 49 football team is fun. Uh, I would like to thank everyone for watching the show. Thank you so much for everyone that came through and watched the show as the 49ers cut their roster down to 53. Of course, we're going to have plenty of stuff coming up along the way in the next couple of days as they're going to go through uh, training camp as well. I mean, I'm sorry, the the... The practice squad as well. We'll get into that. There's going to be a lot of cool things coming as well. More video breakdowns are going to go over on Patreon. And of course, we have another episode of Cover 2 coming up this week. So I hope everyone had a really good time. I had a really good time interacting with all of you. I hope you guys all have a good night. I'm super excited about this team this year. Can't wait to talk more 49ers football. And guess what? Next week is game week. 49ers versus Chicago Bears is on the horizon, everyone. Look, everyone stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers.